let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Good evening. Welcome back to the football pub, uh, Babble. It's myself, Peepo, and Brenton. Patrick was all supposed to be, going, be on tonight, but he's a douchebag and forgot he was doing a podcast. And he's waiting for dinner instead, waiting for a lovely Indian. So, Patrick, when you're hearing this, I hope you're joking it. Um, bit of news as well. We'd just like to say a uh, big congrats and good luck on the new move for Cousin Mud. Brenton, he's moved in his new house. Yes. He has. Um, hopefully, it um, stays firm and doesn't capitulate like Arsenal's title challenge will this year. Um, so we're just going to still do a World Cup pod. Uh, we'll be back, I'd say, next week. We'll have a World Cup final review, obviously, and then we'll be into the Premier League. We'll be starting the Carabao Cup. So the whole gang will be back uh, as of next week and back into a proper running order. Of normally one a week, at least anyway. Um, Brett, we had the quarterfinals at the weekend there in the World Cup, and they did not disappoint. They did not, sir. Also, um, good evening, by the way. Um, <laughs> or good morning, probably, when you're listening to this. Um, <clears throat> other big news in the bubble this week? Um, it it um, may not be public knowledge, yep. um, but keep an eye on Steve O'Rourke's socials in 2023. Early 2023, that's all. So, um, yep. Some exciting news dropping there as well. Um, so a lot going on um, in the world of the bubble, but um yes we're uh we're here to to talk about um some quarterfinals um wild um i think <clears throat> we threw out on our socials um our predictions um i could not have been more wrong um <laughs> on all of the games uh i think uh possibly the only one we got right was was yourself um predicting Morocco to beat Portugal 1-0. Um, I only got one wrong, I think. Did you? I mean, I got three teams right. Sorry. Maybe not actual results of what went on. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about actual results. <clears throat> All right, now but, we're way off. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, it was, I think we thought, you and I were speaking about it the other night, <clears throat> like the, the football and a... Emphasize the word the football, um, in this World Cup has been so so good. Um, on the pitch, it has been um a face of football, some of the best uh, football I've watched in years. Really refreshing. Um, just to get a to get a break from, I don't know what what it is. It it's just a different type. Um, there's I was listening to. <clears throat> I think it was Adam Crafton today, but he was on the football daily. Um and just talking about how international teams, international managers, um obviously have to work with what they have. You can't just go out and sign whoever you want to to change your team. You kinda have to um sort of play your cards um the way they're dealt and there's there's no better um no better example than on Morocco, um, I mean, just how to how to pick apart um, teams who you know are so high, so, so much higher on the in the world rankings than you are, um, and you know look quite comfortable doing it. Um, I'm sure we'll get onto it, um, but maybe you want to start with the. Uh, <clears throat> the sort of the first uh, quarters that we that we saw earlier on in the week. Yeah, well, um, like, I think I think we're two idiots. Um, okay. we Thanks. we both forgot Luka Modric, didn't we? We did. I mean, 
I mean, that was very silly. There's an argument, Brenton, too, that's maybe for a podcast when everyone else is back, that has he, he possibly has been the best midfielder of the last 10, 15 years in the whole? There is an like, argument. He's won the I'm, Ballon d'Or. I'm sure there will be an argument. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say there will be an argument. Like, um, he, he's, uh, he's won the Ballon d'Or. He's won five Champions Leagues. Uh, he's been to... World Cup final, now World World Cup semi final, and could go beyond again. Um, you know, with with Croatia, a country of four million occupants, he even though he doesn't mightn't have the legs anymore, he's still there, helping this team push and push and push and push and push. Um, and like, it's just it's just <clears throat> insane, like how we keep forgetting about. Croatia, like people, people write them off because they didn't look in the group stage, and they still don't look amazing. They don't look like they don't look like. I think everyone's buzzing off Morocco because of their energy, and how good France look with Griezmann. We'll talk about that, and then obviously the energy coming from Argentina and Argentinian fans as well, and that midfield and the fact that they're ready to fight with everyone. Whereas mm-hmm. Croatia sort of not didn't limp through it, but just sort of sort of walked through it and just didn't look like they were really going to be there or thereabouts and then they've just sort of come into this knockout stage and it's been ruthless and they just don't know when they're beat and that's very dangerous in a tournament yeah <clears throat> um i mean as you said we should have known um i mean let's take an example of four years ago like um uh, you know, we've basically just been been duped the same way again. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think this World Cup, I think you're talking about, you know, us forgetting about um, Modric and, um, you know, how, how he kind of carries that team. And, um, you know, there's there's a couple of, standout players um not a couple it, it, it's like croatia is like much more of a team than a lot of the um a lot of the nations in the world cup um you know that are i wouldn't say they're they're second tier obviously croatia but um you know a lot of these teams have like one or two standout players um and obviously you know we can highlight Modric, which we, which we have done but there's quality and sort of steel and and determination right throughout that um Croatian side and um you know right from the I think last week um when we were talking about the round of sixteen games we were talking about the the um the sort of the core of a team and you Vardial and um how good have has you know the whole midfield um including Modric and Brozovic and and Kovacic, um, and then um, Juranovic as well, which there's a lot of um, transfer talk about him as well. He's been um, great. Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> Perisic too, he's been, been very, very good. What a header that was. Um, so they've all kind of played their part, um, but I think there's, there's a, you know, which is a great, obviously, narrative for, for the semi-final, um, but there's a real comparison between uh, Modric and and Messi, um, and you know they both probably don't have the legs anymore. But it's as if you know everyone in their each of their squads is trying to do it for them, and um, and they're like the the sort of the the guiding light, the inspiration for for their teams, and they do show us you know, kind of sparks of what they can do. And certainly, you know, against Brazil, um, you know, Modric did that. It, it um, it, it's great to watch because it's, it's like a, it's really a different type of football. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, <clears throat> whereas yeah. in the Premier League, for example, um, you know, it, it seems so much more fast paced and, um, you know everything's a hundred mile an hour, and um, you know you're you're playing, and and you know you're you know your next five fixtures, um, you're planning out for that. But this seems to be, um, very much, 
you know, that cliche of the next game is the most important one. It's all we're thinking about. And Modric and Messi, you know, I just hope they don't run out of steam because it's as if they are playing their last game for their country every time they take to the pitch. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and um and it's it's uh it's kind of like a pleasure that we're all getting to see that every time. So so I can't wait for the semi. Who do you think's gonna win the semi? <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, I heard a really good point, and I can't remember where I heard it. Um that the fans of Argentina and the fans of Morocco have been unbelievable in this tournament and, and there's clearly more Argentinians there than there is Croatians and there's there's apparently a lot more Moroccans than there is French <clears throat> but there may be um, they may have different effects like in the last couple of games um, Argentina have played it's almost as if there's an expectation on them and mm-hmm. the fans make them nervous um and you know i've heard people saying that it's you know it's like a home game for argentina and morocco um but you know what it's like when you know a team that you expect to beat come downfield and there's an expectation there on liverpool to win and the team you know might come and and have a game plan and and know what they're doing from the word go and it's it's very very hard to break down the the fans get on your back and you know argentinian fans don't have a lot of patience by the sounds of them no. um and there's the whole mess players thing. by the looks of it yeah and it it could happen like we know croatia are, are really capable of going there and doing a job and if those argentinian fans start to get frustrated the players start to get feisty like we you know we've seen them do um you know i think like it's it's obviously 50 50 it's a semi-final but um i'm leaning a wee bit more towards croatia i think yeah have you i i you know my thoughts like messi winning one just capping off that career uh will be unreal right and anyone listens mm-hmm. to this or anyone knows me, I love shit I very, yeah. very, very much love shit I like to think of myself as a bit of a shit house, right? I think me <laughs> and Mud excel in that environment. Um yep. Yep. Looking forward to playing five side with them sometime and seeing can we do it together in the same team, that'd be excellent. But I would happily punch in Emmy Martinez in the face. Now that wouldn't end too well for myself, but I'd happily drive him right in the face. I, I think Johnny would too. I, 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 there's something about him, and I, I think this Argentina team are, and the atmosphere and, and the, the fans behind them. I love it. I, I do love it, and I've always had a soft spot for it. I think it's brilliant. And it, but there's something about him that I'm just like, do I want to see him win a World Cup? I'm not so sure I do. And it's just the way he gets on. And it's not even he's unreal penalty save. That's brilliant, right? I, I get that. Really, really good. I mean, the first one he saved from Van Dijk was a class save, and that set the tone of that whole penalty shootout. And during the penalty shootout, uh, pardon me, Holland, the the Netherlands players, four or five of them were being pricks to the Argentinian players. Talk about shit house. Yeah, it was going on the whole time, right? And that's like for a game. They were going at each other the whole game. We saw what happened when Paredes booted the ball into the bench, and Van Dijk body checked them onto the ground. We saw all this happen, right? But then afterwards, Emmy Martinez comes out. And unless I've missed exactly what Louis Van Hal said, but he told him to shut his mouth. And it seemed to be along the lines of, we've practiced loads of penalties. Uh, we'll beat you some penalties. And this has seemed to be the thing where Emmy Martinez has took umbrage with. Mm-hmm. Which I was just like, Emmy, what is going on here? And, then, and then, look, if anyone's listening to this and I have missed it, then point me in the direction of what happened there and, and I'll go and see it. But it was just something about him. And obviously, we loved, we were in Creation Holidays. It's a beautiful country, beautiful place. There's only 4 million people in it. So there is that on the, like, I was thinking about this all day, plucking on the heartstrings for, you know, that. Like, that would be such a story. But I'm not sure. I, I think this is the one that 
um, is is much obviously much closer than the other game because I think France will just be too much for Morocco. Um, even though they're great, we'll talk about it in a minute. And every time I think about it, talk about this game, even tonight, I change who I think is going to win. <laughs> um, and maybe it's because in the background here, Argentina on the TV, <laughs> on on uh, their trainings on the TV here in the background. But I just have a, I still just have this feeling that even how good some of the other sides have been, that this just looks like Lionel Messi's World Cup. Do you, do you know what I mean? It just has all the markings mm. of what Maradona did in 86, apart from he hasn't handled the ball yet, but he's had his moments now where he's been falling out with a country <laughs> where it was the Netherlands and he called White Way, of course, Bobo and all, which is, or he called him an idiot um, and different things in the in the tunnel afterwards. And again, that looked like it was misinterpreted, but we don't know what's going on there either, like what's been said on the pitch. But yeah, it was weird to see him as well show a bit of a shithouse side. Because you haven't, mm. and I think this World Cup for Messi has been great. As now off the pitch and what he's done with Saudi Arabia, we will get into that after the World Cup's over and talk about the money he's took forward and different things. That's probably going to be topic of discussions down the line. Definitely, certainly, will be in this podcast. But I mean, his personality, you can see him more come out of it. He looks more like himself. Whereas I think it's safe to say sometimes when he was coming through his pump, personality wise, he seemed a bit boring. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's what people yeah. labelled against him because Maradona definitely wasn't. Whereas now he's coming out. So I don't know. Like there's Parasic on the screen now. He could devastate Argentina tomorrow. Argentina have no left backs. Both are suspended because Montiel came on knowing that if he got on the yellow card, he'd miss the next game. Got one within about two minutes or something stupid. So yeah, it's it's this. This has the the markings. This game, I think, of being an absolutely unbelievable semi final. Gavard all at centre half for Croatia, in my opinion, has been the best centre half in the tournament. Uh, yeah, you're looking at possibly the best centre half in the world at some point. He looks absolutely immense. Could be Luka Modric's last World Cup. We don't know what's going on there. He, you know what he can do. He can bring magic. Um, then you have Argentina, you have Messi, you have young Enzo Fernandez coming through. This is his breakout moment now on the world stage. Um. It's just it has so many like moments that could happen in this game, and so many storylines that could come out of it. It just looks immense. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. I'm still going to stick with it. I think, and I've changed my mind twice today already. I think I'm going to stick with this. I think Argentina are going to do it. I think they're going to beat Croatia tomorrow night. I think they're going to beat them in extra time. Now, the problem here is. <laughs> If you get into extra time with Croatia, they're going to kick for penalties. So, yes, you better be ready, and you need to be on guard because we haven't spoken like Brazil. Or, like they put Brazil out. Like Brazil were one of the the best teams to watch at this World Cup, and Croatia just hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, and stung them. And then that was it. Took the wind completely out of them, and they're gone. So, yeah, I think tomorrow night's going to be class. I'm actually really looking forward to it. And why? Why would they not? Because um... it's worked. Exactly, and <clears throat> when you have Levagovic and goal, who seems to just save penalties, also like <laughs> that would be some like, penalty. That'd be some penalty shootout well, with the two goalkeepers. Yeah, here's the thing as well, right? Evan Martinez gave an off stink, because uh, he saved penalties and danced around, right? And the free kick goal by Weghorst, right, was unreal. Worked one of the goals, one of the moment goals so to speak, in world football. That will always be remembered now, right? Mm-hmm. That goal. Teens will be trying all sorts. But he hits it. He fluffs it. Like he spaffs the ball. He doesn't cleanly hit it. Yeah. Down the he middle. It and, the ground. and Martinez misses it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if I was one of the centre halves there or Argentina, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, stand up and just lift that ball off the ground, you moron. Do you know what I mean? But he... He like falls the other way and missed. That hasn't been spoken about because obviously Argentina went through and because of what happened afterwards, the record yellow cards, Dumfries sent off after 120 minutes. Matthias Lenus, the referee, just having the time of it. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that's all been missed. But like he should save that. Do you know what I mean? But he doesn't. I'm glad he doesn't because we have that moment where the ball worked. But yeah, Martinez really annoyed me at the weekend. I knew he was a 
bit like that because he does come come across sometimes like that. He's very vocal, and I don't like like putting people off for penalties. Your job when you're the goalkeeper, but I didn't agree with that afterwards. And Van Hal, unless of course I've completely missed Van Hal saying something pretty stupid, and then that's why they've got back to him. But yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. But can't wait till tomorrow night. The um the other game, Brenton. I mm-hmm. told you Morocco were going to do it. You did. You did tell me. Um, I <clears throat> didn't listen. Obviously, no, you never um, did. I, I, <clears throat> I think I just, I knew, I knew about Morocco. Like I think everybody did at this stage after the Spain match. Um, but I actually think I think I said it on the podcast. Um, that I thought they would be wrecked. I thought they'd be, um, you know. Um, injury laden after that I wasn't sure if um, if they would have everyone back um, you know I wasn't sure if, if Sice would be playing um, I wasn't sure if Amrabat would be playing um, you know I think Ziyech went off uh, against Spain with with a bit of a knock too they were all playing um, they all played very very well um, and you know People who came into the team as well, um, you know, did did a really really good job. I know Sais went off eventually. Um, El Yamak, who came in at centre half alongside him, um, was unbelievably solid. Um, and they just did what what we thought they would do. Um, but I also thought Portugal were poor in that game. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think that um they could have done more early um to to try and kind of shock Morocco um you know maybe have you know push push their fullbacks on more um you know start with a bit more of an attacking lineup um I, I thought. For them, from Portugal, unfortunately, Ramos just did not do what he did in the previous game, um, which obviously hurt them a lot. Um, and do you know what else I noticed, Brenton? All the uh-huh. Liverpool bought the Lombard fake striker post disappeared. I noticed hmm. that there at the after that game. Like I think Ramos is a brilliant talent, but I just you know they they all disappeared. So you would have noticed that. I yes. did not. No. Um. I don't know. Is there something about like not having Joao Cancelo on the pitch? I think is I don't know. I think you should you should find a way to get him on the pitch. Um, I know they play four three three, um, and uh, you know Alex Guerrero and, and Dallo. Dallo's not it for me. Like I, I don't know if he's if he's like Portuguese international football level good enough um and you know i think when he eventually made the sort of the switch that he had to make um out of desperation really when they went one nil down um you saw the difference at Cancelo and, and Rafa Leao as well made made a bit of a difference when he came on but there was never really a um <sighs> never really a massive threat um and i think morocco were actually quite quite comfortable um I, I, like they do it their own way i think they're only 20 something percent possession um but they look comfy and they could have won by more than one unbelievable stat that they still haven't conceded a goal apart from an own goal in the whole <laughs> tournament that is wild, sir. Um, and like, like definitely, they're, they're maybe not the out. best team to watch. Obviously, you know in the tournament. Like, and that's not me slagging them, but I, I, I don't know mean, if they're that bad to watch. You know, no, you no, I'm, uh, yeah, they're not. Like that's the thing. But for for a team with you know those possession stats and those sort of um like defensive stats, they're actually very like, tidy coming out of defense. They've 
conceded only one goal, as you say, which is an own goal. They've played Croatia, Belgium, Spain, Portugal, and Canada. They haven't lost. They've they drew with Croatia. They beat the rest. All right. Mm-hmm. Are they the best team at the World Cup? Like, I mean, the best team on paper is France, right? That's that's just. And we'll talk about France in a minute and what France have left behind and why why everyone else is in trouble. But are, are Morocco? Are Mor- hang on, are Morocco with the best team with this World Cup like this is insane because nobody seems. If, to be able if there to was a table, it'd be top, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's no one can um, seem to score past them unless they do it themselves, which seems sort of like as if they're taunting everyone. Um, that you're right, like. They chase like the first fifteen twenty minutes, especially of the games I saw. They go at you like lunatics, right? Mm-hmm. And then if they get in front, they're like, "All right, try your best," and nothing faces them. Like they're even kissing Pepe's head when he misses chances. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because of that, unbothered players, as you said, coming in and out like the left back coming in hadn't played plays. Uh, I think he plays in Morocco which is brilliant for their league, coming in, plays at left-back. Didn't look out of place. This is a World Cup quarter-final against Portugal. <laughs> Didn't look out of place. One of the biggest games in, in football, a quarter-final of a World Cup. Nah, I was there. I was, he was meant to be there. He was built to be there. Now, France are an animal. They are a beast. Like, uh, like, Argue like they they could win this and go back to back and be one of the best sides we'll have ever seen. Um, yeah. But they're going to be up against it against this Morocco. And I, I know I said on paper anyway. And I said earlier, you look at this one as being the the game that you see a clear favorite if you look at it, and people will. Look, I think that's common sense. Like this is France with Mbappe, Giroud, Griezmann, Tuchemeni, Upamecano, Varane, Loris, whatever. Hernandez, Kunde, Rabio, you know, it's quite a good side. Forget but, about the bench as well. Yeah. You, then you, you see what Morocco are doing with that fan base and the fact that the first time an African nation makes a semi final and it's an Ar- Arabic African nation in an, and it's in an Arabic country is hum it's like humongous. Like that is one of the that's one of the biggest moments. In the World Cup, we have seen now in our lifetime, we have seen one of the key moments of of the history of the World Cup, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. We've got to see it. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, it couldn't possibly end up being a Croatia Morocco final. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. But it also, it it really could do because yeah, it really really could. Right, why I'm still favouring France because on top of France in a minute of who they have and they've been at this stage before and you think maybe Morocco with the injury to size and stuff, this might catch up on them now. But like the foundations they're laying for African football and obviously Moroccan football could be humongous. And like Ziyech, Bufal, Ouani, the number eight, Ouani, isn't it? In midfield, he's been, he has been one of the players of the tournament. Good luck to his club because he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean and Amrabat too I think has yes. been a w- absolute warrior immense um, but this French team Brenton you love the French I've grown to love the French a lot the last two World Cups especially Griezmann absolutely adore the little maestro his performance on Saturday night was just ridiculous he's a ridiculous man um, and <clears throat> Um, I think it was kind of only picked up on, um, certainly in the in the English media, um, before the before the England France game, how important he is, um, because th- they were talking about nullifying the Mbappe threat, and um, you know how important that matchup would be with Kyle Walker and then they suddenly realised, hang on a minute if Dembele on the other side um, if Giroud obviously who <clears throat> who does what he does gets on the end of things but really it's it's 
it's that wee man who who helps you know it's a really good shot of being player of the tournament um there's there's multiple clips throughout this world cup of and even in that england game of you know maybe luke shaw or or Henderson or bellingham picking up the ball trying to come out especially it seems to be on that <clears throat> that french right hand side um the opposition's left hand side where he just i know he picked up a yellow card but it shows you his he picked it up in the first half i think quite early um shows you kind of his the other side of his game the aggression the willingness to get the ball back and then the difference when he does it is he can play um and he can do all that magic stuff as well that people probably know him for more but like he's playing a role in this french team that um is just so so important especially to to those you know directly around him to to the mbappes because he doesn't work really like at all um Giroud probably can't work anymore as much as he would like to he's he's too slow kind of always has been slow he can't get through that amount of work um so Griezmann's probably doing about three men's work um and he's doing it so so well he's um you know he's been he's probably been like the man on the match for like three games in a row it's just because you know the headlines and you know no goals are obviously the most important thing in football but um they're being taken by by some of the other players um but i don't think they'd be anywhere near as good as they are without him he's he's, he's just so so important and <clears throat> he could be kind of the the aggressor in the french team when when the moroccans are or you know it's kind of their game. It'll be their game plan to be aggressive, um, and if he can counter press and do what he's been doing all tournament. It might be you know the the difference maker because, um, Spain, Portugal, do they really have someone like that as can get their their teeth stuck in, um, as much as they can play? I, I'm not sure. Like, and and I think he can do that. No, Spain and Portugal. Well, say Spain, lovely to watch at times, up until a certain point on the pitch, and they they don't seem to have anyone that has Griezmann's ability to put it on a teammate's head or a teammate's foot for a goal. Mm-hmm. And like that cross for Giroud's goal was absolutely sublime. Oh, like we're talking magnifique. here, yeah, like <laughs> nice. Griezmann, say France win the World Cup. Griezmann has the continues to have the effect he's having on each of their games. He then drives Lelico Madrid. Don't think they'll win the Liga, but to win trophies in Spain, Copa del Rey and the Europa League, why can he not be a Ballon d'Or winner then? Like he, he's lit up the World Cup. That should be prime for yeah. it. And then, well, if he do, continues to do this form for Atletico Madrid, like if he, can, he plays like this when he goes back to Atletico Madrid, they're going to win more games than they're going to lose. They're going to be quite successful. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're gonna probably win the Europa League, um, with the players they have anyway, and then him in this form. Do, do you know what I mean? So like, he's been ridiculous, and the fact that the Champs, another one as well, like the Champs doesn't get mentioned for big jobs, like and the work he's done at Francis, like Euros final, uh, semi finals, World Cup, World Cup semi final, like it's insane. This is yeah. This is some. Some grown up shit like that he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, and here, like, I'm going to pitch this to you. Deschamps wins the World Cup, more than likely not going to stay on. So he's going to be free. Maybe things don't work out with Graham Potter. Deschamps used to play with Chelsea. <laughs> you could see that though. Like, he, he looks, he looks like, in my opinion, and we'll talk about this in another time, snap. Potter doesn't look like what I would look as think as a Chelsea manager, right? Because of what I've been used to. Deschamps mm-hmm. does look like a Chelsea he's manager. He's like an Ancelotti. Yeah. He's suave. I'm not saying Graham Potter isn't suave. He's cool, trendy thing now, but it's the it's the mannerism of him. And Potter comes across sort of a mad scientist type thing. Whereas 
the Champs look like he's more straight age, just sort of more. It's people really think I'm stupid, but you, you know what I mean. He's, he looks more like a Chelsea manager. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, yeah. this French squad, and he's can bring him Bobby with him. Hi, <laughs> he can get fucked. Um. Obviously, Southgate's in the, the the top of the game Saturday night. England were very good. They're very good. Oh, they missed a penalty. And they're out. Yeah. Like, but I always felt that France, even though England were very good, France always knew that they could beat them. Yeah, This French team have such a swagger about them. Like, You look at how hard Spain had to play that time. As mentioned a couple of podcasts as well, Spain had to play to win that World Cup. Whereas this French team looked like they're just flicking their way through it. You know what I mean? They're like just flicking yeah. in the gear and back out again. Whereas they're not really steamrolling everyone. They're not like, they are giving 110%, but they don't always look like they are. Like Tuchemeni is strolling around, controlling games from, from midfield. Um, we mentioned Griezmann, the centre half. The centre, 19. Yeah. The centre half options. Kanate and Saliba's on the bench. Fafana's injured. Uh, <laughs> one of the, I can't remember which one it was. One of Hernandez brothers went home injured. Um, obviously Kempembe is injured too. Fernand Mende wasn't picked. Mike Magnon was injured. Um, Benzema got injured and Kunku got injured. They have uh, Pogba, Kante. Pogba, Kante. <laughs> they have I can't remember his name. He's the forward player for Leverkusen. He come back into the squad. This is a problem for England. Which I'm, talking about, I'm trying to make an English point here. They're talking about Southgate and he's in the <coughs> reports or whatever. Doesn't know if he's going to stay on or not. And I, like, they were never going to beat France. I'm sorry, they weren't. All right? England are a good side. A really, they're a top 10, top 6, top 5, whatever, international side. But, and it has, this hasn't been mentioned enough, the problem for this England side is they've come into this era and they have so much standing young players. But so are France. Yeah. And France have already won one. Always. Yeah. And France have already won one. And England haven't won anything. Do you know what I mean? France went to the Euros final in their home country, got chinned by Portugal. The next World Cup, they won it. Now, they, they had a poor Euros, but the next World Cup, look where they are now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Progression. And they know what they're doing. And as I said, like, the, the, when they won it, Mbappe was only, what, 19. All the young players were in and around the squad. There was players coming through that are great 21s and whatever youth side coming through. This France team are going nowhere. Nowhere fast. Fofana's in the midfield nope. as well. He's only 21. Or Camavinga, he hasn't been playing. Guendouzi's yeah. had a great season in France. That is another issue that they're not talking about the English media when they're talking about, oh, we should have been doing this, should be doing that. I just think they've, they've come along at the wrong time as well. Where, regard, and, and they've only played France in, in this World Cup. They didn't get to play them last time because Croatia put them out. And then obviously Italy stunned them uh, in Wembley last year uh, when they missed it. But in terms of dominating and getting the trophies, I think they're going to come up against this French team. And just at the minute... Don't see how England can be better on them. <clears throat> or if they're not France, you know, can they be better than the next Brazil side, the next Argentina, Germany side, the next Argentina side? Like this, <clears throat> this is more of a golden generation, I think, than England's actual golden generation that they talk about so much and that they go on about so much and that should have won this and that. This, if this group of players can't win something, you know, I don't think it's getting better. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it's as good as, um, it's as good a squad as they're going to have at a major tournament with players at the right time in their career. And, it's it's like a mentality thing. It's like a a winning mentality. Like we're talking about France were always gonna win it. And I said that before, like I think we both said it. And 
it's kind of hard to say why you think that, but it's it's just like a it's like France know it, so so we all know it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like just a a thing, <clears throat> and um, the England players and and you know, I think they've been criticised in the past the squads and management for um, doubting themselves, not not being confident enough in their own ability. You know, they're, you know, why can't they be, you know, the ones to fear? And they came out really before that French game and they sort of said, like, Kyle Walker said it and Declan Rice said it. I think Garth Southgate said it as well. It was all talk in the, in the media like and Bobby should be afraid of us. Like you know, we should just step on to France and um, blah blah blah. But there's there's a difference in that. <clears throat> you know, the Spain team that won it, the, the France team that won the World Cup, and you know the core of it that's still there now have something to back that up because they actually have won stuff. And that's why people are afraid of them, and and that's why they can you know kind of expect those results and demand those results and why their fans and, and the country expect it because they have gone and done it before and England haven't like then and, and they've they've got close in the last couple of years but you know they haven't got over the line and there's an, a huge sort of mentality shift to to go from one to the other and they haven't done it yet yeah 100% and They'll go close at the next Euros because of like the talent they have, and regardless of who's manager, like um, they'll go close. And look, Southgate's not not perfect. I think some of the stuff about him is is nonsensical. Like I think he's like he's been their most successful manager certainly in our lifetime, anyway, with what he's done. But yeah, still moments where you think like he's quite naive. Um, some of his tactical. Um, choices like not bringing Grealish on until ninety seconds before. Um, pardon me. Like, I, this sounds biased. Like, but not using Trent Alexander Arnold in a game like that. Like when you're chasing it or whatever, and you need someone else that can. Alexander Arnold is probably the best passer in that team. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, there are defensive issues, but you can compensate that in that game. And, and getting him on the pitch, you know, to help someone because they weren't able to. Attend. I thought Saka was brilliant for them. Rice was very good. Jubalian was quiet, like, Rice was very good in midfield. Henderson was excellent. Again, he's had a great World Cup to refer to him, but it was probably his last. Um, and Kyle Walker, um, at times, was, yeah, he kept Mbappe quiet, and then other times, and this isn't a criticism of Kyle Walker, you're just not going to get near him. Because he just no the way he goes like and for the goal like no one went out to Griezmann and he was able to pick out an unbelievable ball in and, and like again like you know there's these little moments but I still think England could have had someone like Trent on that could have helped unlock with his passing they didn't he didn't go for it he, he wasn't brave enough I don't think at times but I still don't think he should lose his job if he wants to go on his own head then that's fine on his own doing and yeah it's, it's his own choice but. I don't think it should be sacked, but yeah, this I don't know, like Kane um they need to find another potent Rashford has his moments. Um but they need to find another goal scoring um striker that's gonna come in because you know, you don't know how long Kane's got left, plus you can't not you can't always rely on him, but like you can't always have it all on him. And you don't know how much this penalty's gonna affect him. And I still think I, I don't know why they didn't bring Tamori. I'm not blaming Harry Maguire for that goal. I just think Tamori's a better centre half. And they need that for the Euros, they'll need to address, they'll need different centre halves, maybe. I'm not even gonna talk about the goalkeeper because I'll, I'll bore everyone if I start talking about the goalkeeper. Everyone knows my thoughts on that. If he had normal arms Maybe he would have got near Tushimani's shot. He doesn't. Uh, it's just the way he is. He's got T-Rex arms. 
I'm not going to not going to go into it again because I'll go down a rabbit hole. But yeah, I, I think they're they are good side England, but maybe now certainly aspects of the media, their fan base will maybe look at it and go, oh, hang on, no, we aren't an elite, as in we're not going to win things or get close to winning as many things because, as you said, and we were talking about France, ridiculous. You'd imagine Brazil are going to come back ridiculous. Italy weren't even at this World Cup. They're European champions. Do you imagine Germany's going to have a review and try to get stuff sorted? And it feels like even though these players are, they are quite young. Give you, give them that, like. But it does feel like they don't have a, they don't have a Harry Kane coming through up front. And apart from Tamori, who's the other centre half you think is gonna be elite? Like who's who's another English centre half? And I'm maybe missing one glaring here. That's winning leagues in Syria. Or leagues and winning the Premier League or winning La Liga, there isn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I I still think they should have brought Mark Ehi as well. But um, <clears throat> I mean, their crop of centre halves is is not world class. John Stones, Harry Maguire, Connor Cody, um, who else did they bring? Eric Dyer, you know, Ben White. They're all of a level. Ben White, yeah. and Ben White's arguably a better right back than he is a centre back, um, as as Mud will attest to. Um, you know, they're all of a level, but they're not. That level is not world class, and, and I think it it'd be very hard to argue that it is. Yeah, I, I think it's. Maybe a little bit of a reality check needed, possibly. For it. I know they're going to some of them might listen to this or whatever. My name, some of my family members listen to this and think I'm talking shy, but I do think not for them, but for certain aspects of the fan base, a little bit of a reality check and assess where you are. You came up against arguably, uh, well, reigning world champions, and I think everyone's favourite to be double world champions. Um, and retain their trophy, and arguably one of the best international sides we'll ever see. And yeah, you, you close, you had a penalty to equalise it, but France were going to win that game, and that's not like that's what that genuinely. I I think regardless if England had equalised, I think France would have won won the game anyway. I didn't see yeah. France losing that game, and I don't think France saw themselves losing that game because they don't. They're just a step above, um, and that's just where they're at. They're just at the next tier, so. Something needs addressed, whether it's a change for Southgate, as in like he does start to be braver and bolder at times in bigger games, um, or they go with a new manager. I don't know who that would be. You have to also remember, and this, again, this sounds like I'm having the dig, the last two competitions where they got quite far, they didn't play an elite side. They played Germany in the Euros, but last year Germany at the Euros were all over the place and still are. But they didn't play an elite side in Russia uh, until Croatia. No, and then they were chinned. The the list, yeah, the list of teams. I'm sure everybody's seen it that they've beaten in knockout football in the last like ten years. Is you know they're all at a level. Yeah, <clears throat> and when they face somebody world class, they they tend to get beat. Yeah, and the, and that's the story. Yep. Definitely, like it is, and maybe for them they'll have a little real check. And there isn't that, there isn't a huge. It doesn't need a massive review, but a little real check. See where they're coming, see what's coming through, and maybe not the next World Cup, the one after, where Bellingham and and, and Rice are right at the coming towards, right at the end of their peak. Say right at the last good or two, three years of their peak, something comes through. And then they can win something, but I don't think they're ready yet. Like, and I think it showed on Saturday, as good as they were at times, and and a lot of people said they're a better side. France were just a level above and showed it. Key moments, bang! Yeah, I think took the game away from them. If France had to raise the level again, they could have. Yeah, and, and the also difference. there's a thing as well. And I think it was 
I don't know what podcast it was I was listening to. It might have been The Athletic. If it was, you'll know because you'll have heard it. They seem to struggle, this England side, when they play a technically gifted midfielder. Not to say that they aren't technically gifted. I'm not saying that at all. But Modric in 18 took the game away from them. And trust me, I've seen Modric do this to your team. Like I've seen enough times play yeah. Real Madrid. So and we I. play them again in the Champions League. Excellent. Um... Ferrari at Wembley last year and Griezmann on Saturday. You know, mm-hmm. their three last big games they've been beaten and it's been a technically gifted small midfielder that has controlled and taken the game and that's something that they need to address too. They don't have that. You know, Bellingham's yeah. different. He's not that. He's he's going to be brilliant. He's going to be world class, but he's not that. And that's something they maybe need to find like where they do start to just take over games and slow games down to their pace. They don't do that in England. England play at 100 mile an hour as well and play at your pace and try and go toe-to-toe. They yeah. don't take it and take dictate a game. They don't. Like even USA. USA did it against them. They dictated them to field. England couldn't get near it. <clears throat> so, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I, I, it's the way we thought it was going to go. France in the semi-finals. Who are you going then? You go on. Final on Sunday is going to be Brenton. You're going to say Croatia and France? Um, yes. Same again. Same again. Rack them up. Rack them up. Uh, what a rematch that'll be. I'm going to go Argentina-France. Uh, I don't think that'll be absolutely ridiculous. And also, unfortunately, I'm going to miss it. <laughs> the final what? on Sunday. Yes, because we have booked um, Finn to go meet Santa Claus. And he's tell him to go meet him. And he's and very, stuff. very, very excited, and I couldn't do that on him. So I'll be watching it on a phone, listening to it in the car. I'm gonna miss it. Um, I couldn't do it on him. I wanted to be there with him as well, but I hope it's a good one. But I, I'm gonna enjoy these next two games anyway, uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Um, I'm sure you will all too if you are watching it, folks. Um, as well, we'll be back then probably next Monday night again, or possibly next Sunday evening, depending on how the game goes and what happens. And then a full house return to preview the up and coming restart of club of sorry not club football of Premier League and in in the new year Champions League as well. So yes, see you soon. Enjoy the games tomorrow night, folks. I hope they're brilliant. Like the quarterfinals were, we got two great games, loads of red cards, sending offs, fights, goals, glory, chaos, penalties, extra time, everything. We get it all. Um. And uh, I hope you really enjoy it. And um, speak to you again next week. Good luck.